Hello and a warm welcome to this episode of the PPC Chat Roundup, a podcast where I round up the Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5pm GMT. I'm your host Anu, I'm recording from my lovely studio in London, UK, and I use this platform to share not just expert but also my ideas and considered best practices about paid media and the direction the digital industry is going in. So if you want to keep up to date with my tips and tricks in the industry and get the latest on the podcast that has been called your go-to if you don't make it to the PPC chat live discussions and even if you do then like follow share and retweet on um, that's right twitter with the handle the marketing anu or join us in our linkedin group which is um the PPC chat roundup podcast or if you're on instagram why don't you check us out on our handle at PPC chat underscore underscore roundup to get quotes and snippets from previous episodes um, so today we are led by the lovely Julie Bicini to discuss, surprise, surprise, Google. They've been really busy over the past week. You'd have thought in preparation for their birthday, I think it was their 23rd birthday, um, they'd take a break from all the updates. But no, they busted one out right before their big celebrations, I'm sure, with the DDA in terms of attribution. And they've announced machine learning based data different attribution models in the new privacy landscape. And that's the title from Search Engine Land. And basically how it's going to work is that data driven attribution looks at all the interactions, including clicks and video engagements on your search, including shopping, YouTube and display ads in Google ads by comparing the parts of customers who convert to parts of customers who don't. The model identifies patterns among those ad interactions that lead to conversions. So pathways instead of just the last click that derived a, a conversion and there is going to be an option to opt out there's there's going to be there's going to be pretty much i think from next year i'm not sure the exact date but very soon there's going to be a a, a migration to this whole new dda model and the default of last click is not going to be the default anymore but there is an opting out option for people which i think at least give us that even if we don't use it give us the option to opt out but for advertisers who do not wish to participate in the data-driven attribution option from google ads the five rule based attribution models will still be available so that's last click first click linear so distributes the credit for the conversion equally time decay gives more credit to add interactions that happen closer in times to the conversion and position based so that gives 40 percent of credit to both the first and last ad interaction and corresponding keywords with the remaining 20% spread out across the other ad interactions on the path. So more uh, updates going on. I feel very related as a search engine land um, has said, like, and that's Carolyn Lydon. She's says it's very much related to the privacy landscape that's happening, especially in the wake of them losing data to Flock and Google's new DDA solution seems to offer more attribution options even for smaller accounts. So there's not that limitation. I think part of it is there's not that limitations of how many conversions you can have during that time. Also, we'll be touching on the keyword updates that happened, which I think is one of the most ridiculous headlines possible, matching the most relevant keyword to every search. My biggest question is, isn't that what they've been doing for years or not? No? Am I the only one thinking this? It's quite ridiculous. And considering some of the matches that people have been finding, like even more and more, it's mentioned in our chat, but even more and more people are finding matches in the search query report 
matches of the same terms in different languages, Google still see thinks it's okay to match our keywords to people searching for our term, but in a different language. I mean, language settings should be a lot stronger than that, but apparently not. So anyway, I'm not going to full frontal my rants just yet. They'll come a little bit more later, but I'll try not to overshadow some of the amazing tips that we've been given and some of the discussions and really great insights that we've been given on the updates coming ahead. And so we have Julie welcoming us saying hello and thank you all for joining me today. We will be talking once again about Google ads and their latest announcements, mainly keyword matching and the DDA one from yesterday, very recent ones. Um, we've got the links to these updates. I'm going to make that available in the show notes. So just go to themarketingannu.com forward slash podcast to find all the details um, about this episode. And so Julie takes us on to question one for the day, um, asking, we'll start with the keyword matching and announcement first. What are your thoughts or reactions to this announcement? And she quickly replies to that because she doesn't need to say her, her reaction to this one because she wrote a whole blog about it. And I'll put that in the notes. She has gotten a lot of views over on LinkedIn, especially including 20 from people at Google. Ooh, I'm quite interesting to trust it to see what they'll say about that. Melissa McKee goes, that pretty much summed up my reaction as well and i think it was a lot of her also going isn't that what they should be doing google does not really it's it's not making us confident especially with the examples they give they give in the article what the intent is going to be about the fact that the match is actually going to be correct so a little bit weirded out julia vice replies at this point not surprised while the machine has without doubt improved in semantic understanding the, the way the plan to execute does not make sense let us weed out negatives so the bot can learn from us and we've got julia continuing her answer to question one saying the example of the very very specific car part query matching to the broad query of auto parts was was particularly head scratching Julia Vice replies, that one does not make sense. Even for a small biz that specializes in specific car parts, don't they want more specific rather than getting mixed up with a simple tire sale? Boo, Melissa goes, that part of the announcement was concerning. Someone searching for a very specific part gets shown an ad for auto parts, totally wrecks any funnel the advertiser was trying to set up. It's a horrible user experience. Kamikaris replies, just jumping in, we had already determined that they were matching this way for a while so have been working to revamp our soloed campaigns google can repetitively suggested keyword from other campaigns regardless of our negative keywords it's been a huge time waster to have to review lord and then we have um, Kirk Williams joining the conversation saying that I have to perhaps be the fly in the ointment. I'm not concerned with the keyword announcement and actually think it's a good change. Ooh, Kirk. Um, you're lucky we're not in the same room with you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We love Kirk. It makes sense to me to prefer keywords that match search terms before ad rank and will probably keep our accounts a little cleaner. I hope a lot cleaner, but he continues. I'm going off the content on this page with the tweet. To be clear, there could be certainly things about the release I'm unaware of. It always takes me some time to process these changes. This chart, for instance, is exactly what I'd hope to see for matching situations. And so there's a chart about keywords that are legible and how keywords are selected. So look at the article and check out that table. 
And then we have Conda replying saying need to do more frequent SQR analysis moving forward. And we have John Kagan replying saying, I mean, at this point, they are all the same announcement. We no longer have control. Exactly. When will keyword just be sunsetted altogether? That's the big ominous announcement that we're clenching our teeth against. Steve Hammer replies to question one saying the match change isn't at all surprising. However, the lead is buried. They really have started to show how far they will stem a term that's the concern. Mobile and phone aren't always synonymous as someone noted yesterday. Exactly. And then Julie goes on to um, question two saying, is this going to change the way you set up and or manage your Google ads account? If so, how, if not, why? And in reply to Kirk's very positive disposition about this announcement is something that Judy said, which is what I'm scratching my head thinking about as well. How is it not already working like this is my bigger question because you're right. The logic of this makes sense. It all makes sense, but it's just shocking to think that this has not been how it's always been working. Kirk replies, I understood it previously to be based on ad rank and not matched keywords, which in its own way makes sense as well. I see this change as solely incorporating the usage of matched terms to keywords across all match types as preferred over ad rank. So I feel like one thing that that might actually mean that will be sunsetted or we will not well not sunsetted or we won't need to do anymore should I say is that you will need to put the bids higher on exact terms because you feel like you want your terms to match against your exact match terms as opposed to let's say the phrase match version or the broad match version which is something I know that I used to do like with previous companies and with our structure because we knew that overall the CPCs will be low for exact match but to ensure that Google will match it to the exact match version we'd put the bids higher so i guess now you're not going to need to do that anymore and google will actively work towards the exact match term even if the max cpc you've put against it is lower than its phrase or broad match counterpart so i guess from that reasoning that one can say that that's what has changed i feel a penny has dropped there a little bit but still still a little bit annoyed and then in response to question two, we have Julia Vice going, not sure yet. I'm already using a lot of broad or phrase plus audiences to hone traffic. We'll have to test and learn. And then we have more answers for question two from Melissa McKee. She goes, we're going to need to prioritize SQR more than we do even do now. I feel like a lot of people need to prioritize it a lot now. Already do. We do. So even more than before, Steve Hammer replies, ever since exact-ish match has been the norm, my structure and management has moved to less keywords added and more keyword monitoring. This just reinforces that. Kirk replies, I think this is a good change for our account organization because it will more accurately funnel search terms to the matched keywords we have set up rather than randomly based on ad rank. I support that if I'm understanding this correctly. And Melissa replies to that point um, that Kirk just made, um, going, Kirk, your point is well taken and this is definitely a good thing. Hopefully this change will get rid of some of the weird matching within an account. Kirk replies, to be fair, as I continue to reread the announcement, it does appear to be two distinct things. They are announcing additional changes to intent-based broad matching and then the order of matching with exact phrases. I was more fixated 
on the second. That's my understanding now instead of seeing a search term that matches to multiple keywords, which may be across multiple ad groups, we should see that match term with its matched keywords, which can make analysis and bidding decisions quicker or easier. Chris Ridley replies, let's hope this sees the end of same search term appearing multiple times in an SQR, saves me having to export it and using pivot tables to work out the true performance of a search term. That's very true. I hate to say it is going to get me to change anything, but I may be on the verge of no longer segmenting ad groups by match types. Mm, interesting. Anders replies, the match problem adjusting matching allows Google to manage inventory and optimize yield of its advertising machine. If only, if only Google would have taken all the input from marketers who voted with their negative keywords, but yield was higher via opacity. Kirk replies, I'm not following how changing the priority of matching to focus on word order as opposed to ad rank, still a factor just further down the list of priorities now, like exact is them being nefarious. Um, Anders replies, I'm looking at the bigger picture of, of increasing opacity and tweaking matching every other month. Personally, I don't change campaigns at every Google announcement. If we changed at every Google announcement, we'll be changing every other week. Well, in this last week, we'll be changing every other day. And then we have Julie herself replying to question two saying testing broad now, if considering it while at least at the zero click data is available to get an idea of the matching Google ads thinks is relevant. Most more SQR monitoring. We then have Julie taking us on to question three, then saying, do you have questions about how this will work that you would like to have Google ads provide more information or explanation about? I don't know whether it's more explanation I want from Google, but just a little bit simplicity in explaining what they need to do or what is happening without it seeming that they're doing something that we've always expected them to be doing already. So I feel like it has taken me rereading, thinking out loud, doing this podcast. You guys really experience a me learning something new moment as I was speaking out a new strategy earlier on. So I just really wish they just simplify their announcements, but oh well. We've then got Steve Hammer replying to question three as well, saying that the aforementioned inventory question specifics on crossover keywords with multiple possible intents and how to guide the machine, how we can provide feedback on bad matches beyond our negative lists. We want the machine to be better too. Dwayne Brown replies to question one saying, if we agree the future is keywordless and all about audience targeting a la Facebook, then this is just one step of 12 towards that future in three to five years oh lord three to five years is the prediction at the speed that they're going you know what i hate to say that i'm not too surprised Dwayne brown replies to question two saying not yet but in the future i'm sure it will our team is still taking it all in plus will be interesting to see more real work impacts in client accounts and he continues, as with all things tech, what is happening in the real world and ad accounts versus what Google wants to happen. This is tech and not someone doing the matching by hand. It's never going to go 100% like they planned. And then answering question three, which is people giving their questions that they have about matching. She actually answers his, asks herself, Julie going, will foreign language queries match to search terms with this? Because I found them matching to my exact match terms in campaigns only targeting 
English and this is our Spanish related keywords. I think some people also had some Dan Patterson cited Russian keywords and to use exact match. And I'm like, oh Lord. Dwayne replies, what if they convert? Will that still be a no-go? We select all languages 98% of the time. If someone is in my target location and searching for what I sell, regardless of PC language setting or what they type in search, if Google can translate and match it, show it. Julie replies, setting should be respected in my opinion. You should choose whether you want other language queries for many reasons, but not the least of which understanding query reports without needing translation if you are not targeting those languages. Kami replies, you're going to really flip your wig when you discover, as we did, that you now have to add foreign language negatives as the English negative keywords is not used. Example, although we had rentals excluded via negative keywords, we just had to add the Spanish words for rentals too. And I ask a frustrating question, but how, but how about if you have your language targeted to English and I hadn't seen Julie's um, tweet about the targeting in English, you'll still need to exclude foreign languages. This can't be right. I, I exclaim, Camry Prize, not much is right about how Google is matching these days. This is why they removed visibility to most SQR. And it may be right that you'll get more conversions, but now how those conversions are defined will need to be tightened up. We are to the point that we may separate our entire conversion parts for clients that have commercial versus consumer sales. Nearly all their commercial campaigns conversions are from retail or consumers which have their own ad spend, not useful. And then we have Dwayne Brown replying to Julie's answer about saying settings should be respected in my opinion. And Dwayne does explain something very useful about Google and the search and how Google does matching. And he goes, the challenge is that language setting isn't only what someone types into Google. It also covers their browser history and device language setting. If they type in Spanish, but surf English sites 90% of the time, your English ad will still show for them. That's very interesting. And another interesting thread here is so Steve Hammer replies to Julie when she had gone, will foreign language queries match to search terms with this? Steve replies, this made me scream inside. Oh, this made me scream out loud. And Julie replies, to be fair, every time I see exact match close variance in my query reports, I want to scream. But yes, this is very bad. Steve replies, it's back to the same issue again. I may not have the support staff to handle a non-English customer. For some companies, that's super cool because it's opening an entirely new path for others it's a hundred percent waste exactly julie replies but does your language target mean anything or not i think my larger questions are kind of on this front now are the settings are input always respected or are they considered more like guidelines or preferences or requests because i think that matters and Kamikaris replies to that saying clearly only requests at this point don't even seem to be preferences anymore. Kirk replies, agreed. And Riley Duncan as well joins the conversation about matching and foreign languages and goes, this is super frustrating. I agree that this shouldn't be an exact match. In looking at documentation, I'm guessing it falls under your ads will be eligible for queries where keywords match and Google believes that the user understands at least one targeted language. And then Julie takes us on to another announcement saying, let's switch gears to the attribution announcement. What are your thoughts about all accounts being automatically migrated into data-driven attribution with opt-out? 
as an option and my answer is at least we have opt-outs i'd rather the option just in case it's something that i from the data shows that it's something that i shouldn't be doing for whatever reason we never know the market is very volatile in paid search Dan Patterson replies to question 14. Personally, I think this is a good move. Curious how well it really works in accounts campaigns with low conversion counts though. And then we have Dwayne Brown replying saying, makes sense to increase adoption faster, will impact SMBs and those who aren't paying attention most, assuming they don't want their account to have it due to small data set. I think it's a good move to get us all off last click for those remaining REPPC is happy. Riley Duncan replies, interested to see how this works. Glad we still have an opt out option. Was relieved to see Ginny Marvin mention that for low volume accounts, the model may look pretty similar to last click. Exactly, probably will. And Riley replies, that said, I think we'll continue to really on rely on position based attribution model for a while until we have confidence in DDA. Mike Ryan says, oh, okay, missed that tweet from Ginny. And then Riley was like, was just in a reply. And just check out ads liaison. So A-D-S-L-I-A-I-S-O-N. And, and that's the profile of Ginny Marvin when she's talking about everything to do with Google and Google updates. And then we have Kirk Williams as well saying that here's what I told marketing o'clock last night. And Kirk goes, might take the attribution changes somewhat of a nothing burger announcement or at least a positive change. Anyone who cares can opt out for now. But as privacy kicks in, sampling will only increase in all models. So might as well have one driven by machine learning. And then we have Melissa McKee replying to question four saying, in general, I'm a fan, I'm a fan of DDA, but many of our clients were opted in as of yesterday, if not sooner with no warning. We need to be able to give clients a heads up that things are changing. And then we have Julie taking us on to question five saying Google ads is also removing the prior data thresholds for using DDA. So current documentation lists 30,000 interactions and 30 conversions in 30 days as the minimum. What are your thoughts on this? We've got Steve Hammer replying um, to question four as well, saying that we've also seen what happens with this from Facebook view through conversions are 80% BS and 20% real. They've effectively disappeared and it's thrown the whole system into a tizzy. I fear the same with DDA. To answer question five though, we got Melissa McKee going saying that I was having a convo with some of my coworkers this morning. It seems as though data integrity could be a problem with no thresholds. Steve Hammer replies to question five as well, saying, given the wide variety I've seen for conversion rates and lead based landing pages, I worry that using someone else's data to estimate mine will lead to real issues. A lead gen that offers a free t-shirt is very different than one that asks five qualifying questions. And then we have Julie replying to this saying yes to this aggregating smaller or how volume data does not equal having a data set from the actual advertiser that is of the necessary size and activity to optimize for the specific account. If I am wrong on this, please tell me why. Kirk replies, one would assume if modeling across multiple separate accounts that have similar verticals, size, etc., would be all essential. 
Julie replies, I would like more information on how this will work and have answers to this type of questions provided, not just a trust us. We know so much more than you answer from for lower volume advertisers. That's a lot of the answers we get from Google. Just trust us. We'll do things right by you. And then you get a shocking surprise. Kirk replies, since we, not just agencies and in-house advertisers as well, are responsible to manage our accounts well and profitably, I think this is a fair request. On the other hand, getting it, hmm, well, I will keep asking it. Uh, We'll keep asking until we get it. At least we've got a post from Julie that has caught Google's attention. So who knows? Julie then gives us question six saying, does this change your thinking about attribution for Google ads campaigns? If so, why? And if not, why not? Will it change what you're doing now or in the near future for attribution? In answer to that, with that, we've got Julie going, I want to understand in better detail how this will work for lower volume accounts. I would love to use data-driven attribution, but I want to understand where the data is coming from or how the tech has evolved to not need the previous thresholds. Just explain it exactly. And in reply to Melissa McKee's um, answer to question five, where Melissa had said, was having a convo with some of my coworkers this morning. It seems as though data integrity could be a problem with no thresholds. Andrew McGarry replies, the mind boggles at the amount of assumptions machine learning will have to make when there's little to no conversion data. Behold, the new quantum vertical entity lookalike tracker that sniffs out interested people by crossing their GPS movement with takeaway queries. And then we have Riley Duncan replying to question six saying, hoping to be able to use the model comparison in Google ads to see how the data would change before actually switching to DDA. Steve Hammer continues his answer to question six saying that people drop $3 million on a superb ad and have nowhere near the data we do for our $5,000 a month advertisers. It's worse, but it's not always the end of the world. Julie then takes us on to the last question saying, what questions do you have for Google ads about this change? Uh, Like why, why? And can you stop? Anyway, two more serious um, answers to this. Dwayne Brown replies to question six, going, not going to change much beyond a couple small e-com clients and having to get them over to DDA. And he continues to answer question seven saying, send my questions yesterday via Jeannie's Twitter announcement, but nothing new has come up yet. And then we get a link to Ginny's thread, which I'm going to share as well. Julie goes, here's Ginny's thread yesterday about DDA that does include some questions. And Steve Hammer as well then replies to question seven saying, I feel like my questions is always the same. How can we provide feedback to the system? I know it's web scale, but it needs to be more than a monolith. We need more ways to feedback and give these questions because I don't think they're even going to listen to if we put them in this um, chat, but I think it's definitely worth a try. And that brings us to the end of our show today, <laughs> or the episode, our, our chat about um, updates, about keyword matching, as well as um, attribution. How are you feeling about all of these? Do you feel a bit rushed, uh, can't keep up? That's really how I'm feeling this week. I feel that there's probably even some updates that I've missed that has gone under the radar of us noticing, but hopefully that isn't too much the case. But I hope you've found this talk useful, taking some great takeaways. If you want to chat about this topic and join us again on Thursday, we're going to be chatting more on Twitter spaces at 12 p.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. GMT or 
BST, British summertime, although summer is definitely over. So join us there as well as to, I'd love to get some feedback from you about this podcast, about any information that I've shared that might be incorrect. Please get in touch with me. My Twitter DMs are open. So is my LinkedIn. So catch me on the Marketing Anu on Twitter. And even on LinkedIn, we have the PPC Chat Roundup group on there. We'd love to have you just send a um, request to join and I'd be happy to get you on there. And finally, remember for your campaigns and businesses to glide smoothly, there's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface. So keep your swans kicking. Bye and speak to you next week.